episode 148 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. This is a 78 RPM Sunday. Once again, we reach into my dad's stack of shellac records, where we pull out another big name among the early recording labels, Decca. It's a label that saw its share of some of the biggest names in the recording industry, several you've heard on this show. And if you're watching the video version, you'll see that I've pulled out my old-timey RCA ribbon mic. I thought it would give this show a little extra atmosphere. So, get ready to hear an array of artists all recorded during the 1940s in Volume 148, Eight Sides from Decca. Thank you. 
my dad's vinyl. Make it mine. Make it mine. Four Aces featuring Al Alberts with Three Coins in the Fountain from the 20th Century Fox film of the same name. With chorus and orchestra directed by Jack Plies, it was written by Julie Stein and Sammy Kahn and released in April of 1954. Before that, it was the Four Aces with Wedding Bells are breaking up that old gang of mine with chorus and orchestra directed by Jack Please. It was written by Sammy Fain, Irving Cahall, and Willie Raskin and was released in April 1954. The Four Aces are an American male traditional pop quartet popular since the 1950s. Over the last half century, the group amassed many gold records. Its million-selling songs include Love is a Many-Splendored Thing, 
Three Coins in the Fountain, Stranger in Paradise, Tell Me Why, and It's No Sin. Other big sellers included Shangri-La, Perfidia, and Sincerely. The original members, responsible for every song made popular by the group, included Al Alberts, Dave Mahoney, Lou Silvestri, and Rosario Saad Vaccaro. Okay, why these records for this episode? Well, because it was Decca's turn. <laughs> As I grab different records from my dad's 78 RPM section of this collection, I have initially grouped them by recording label, if they didn't come all bound together as some of them are, or some of them all come as one story. I've already featured Columbia and RCA. Decca was another top name among the early record labels. And as usual, with some of the early recording companies, they had their own playback equipment, so they needed something to play back. The name Decca dates back to a portable gramophone called the Decca Dulcophone, patented in 1914 by musical instrument makers Barnett Samuel and Sons. The name Decca was coined by Wilfred S. Samuel by merging the word Mecca with the initial D of their logo Dulcet, or their trademark Dulcophone. Samuel, a linguist, chose Decca as a brand name, as it was easy to pronounce in most languages. That company was eventually renamed the Decca Gramophone Company Limited, and then sold to former stockbroker Edward Lewis in 1929. Within years, Decca Records was the second largest record label in the world, calling itself the Supreme Record Company. Decca bought the UK branch of Brunswick Records and continued to run it under that name. In the 1950s, the American Decca Studios were located in the Pythian Temple in New York City. Okay, by the way, yes, I now know <laughs> that I should have not recorded these records on the old Victrola, but I did. They actually sound better than some of the other records I recorded on that old machine at my sister and brother-in-law, some of them that were allowed to be on there. And yes, I know I'll hear about it in the comments, but I promise not to do that anymore after this episode. Okay, next up. How's it go? Chickaboom. Flashing eyes, I'll take the 
Sisters, backed by Vic Schoen and his orchestra, with The Matador. It was written by Yao DeBarro, Alberto Ribeiro, Ray Gilbert, and Bob Russell. It was released in September 1948. Before that, we heard the same gang with Quanta La Gusta from the MGM picture A Date with Judy. It was written by Gabriel Ruiz and Ray Gilbert and released in September 1948. Victor Clarence Schoen was born March 26, 1916 and died January 5, 2000 at the age of 83. He was an American band leader, arranger, and composer whose career spanned from the 1930s until his death in 2000. He furnished music for some of the most successful persons in show business, including a long list of names most of you've heard of, shown, arranged, and recorded with another long list of well-known artists, including the Andrews Sisters and Carmen Miranda, and that's where the chick-a-boom came from, by the way. Shown met the Andrews Sisters while playing trumpet in Leon Belasco Society Orchestra in 1936. The sisters made only 178 side with Velasco early in 37, which was not well received. The girls were packing their bags to go back home to Minneapolis when Schoen, who was then with Billy Swanson's orchestra, invited them to sing on a radio program in New York City. Decca Records A&R Vice President Dave Capp heard the broadcast and invited the sisters to his office. After a short audition, he signed them to a contract. They made their first recording for Decca in October 1937 with Schoen arranging for their musical backup. Now, I'll fill you in more on the Andrew sisters a little later as we will feature another disc they are recorded on to finish the show. Time now for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with the other female singer on those last two recordings and what headwear she's famous for. You didn't think I'd forget about her, right? Maria do Carmo Miranda do Cunha was born February 9, 1909 and died August 5, 1955 at the age of 46, known professionally as Carmen Miranda. She was a Portuguese-born Brazilian singer, dancer, and actress nicknamed the Brazilian Bombshell. Miranda became a radio and film star in the 1920s and 30s, with her songs being featured in several films across the country that had started using sound. She was offered her first break in 1939 when Broadway businessman Lee Schubert saw her perform in a casino in Rio and offered her an eight-week contract to perform in the streets of Paris in Broadway. I saw a show in the Schubert Theater in New York City in 1979, a chorus line. That was fun. Miranda was known for her signature fruit hat outfit that she wore in her American films. She regularly saw Bianos, African-Brazilian fruit vendors, during her childhood in Rio. 
She first discovered her musical talent while working at a hat store, which was strongly influenced by the samba music played through her city. She channeled these influences and one day made the decision to design and wear a headdress filled with fruit. As she became famous around the world, the fruit-laden turbans became her trademark and developed into a range of colorful and vibrant headdresses. Her tutti-frutti hat from the film The Gang's All Here in 1943 inspired the United Fruit Company's Chiquita Banana logo the following year. Miranda made 14 Hollywood films between 1940 and 1953. Although she was hailed as a talented performer, her popularity waned by the end of World War II. Miranda came to resent the stereotypical Brazilian bombshell image she had cultivated and attempted to free herself of it with limited success. She focused on nightclub appearances and became a fixture on television variety shows. Despite being stereotyped, Miranda's performances popularized Brazilian music and increased public awareness of Latin culture, and she was always depicted in those cartoon and animated shorts. So now from Latin influence to Russian influence.
Victor Young and his concert orchestra with For Whom the Bell Tolls, the Massacre and Love theme from the Paramount picture of the same name. (laughs) I love that. Massacre and Love theme. It was written by Victor Young and released in July of 1943. Before that, it was Young and his orchestra with an extremely recognizable melody, The Sabre Dance from Kane Ballet Suite, written by Aram Kachatorian, and also released in July of 43. Of course it was. They were on the same record. Albert Victor Young was born August 8, 1899, and died November 10, 1956, at the age of 57. He was an American composer, arranger, violinist, and conductor. In late 1934, Young signed with Decca and continued recording in New York until mid-1936, when he relocated to Los Angeles. He was musical director for many of Bing Crosby's recordings for the American branch of Decca Records. For Decca, he also conducted the first album of songs from the 1939 film The Wizard of Oz, a sort of pre-soundtrack cover version rather than a true soundtrack album. He received 22 Academy Award nominations for his work in film, twice being nominated four times in a single year, but he did not win during his lifetime. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. When I first started going through my dad's vinyl collection, I had no idea he had so many shellac 78 RPMs lying around, even though most of them were eventually found with my sister and brother-in-law. I knew he had some, of course, because I remember having to switch the record player from 33 and a third to 78 RPM and back again all the time, even with the records I would listen to, not just when my parents asked me to put one of them on. And the ones from this collection of Decca recordings were fun to listen to, especially our show finale coming up. So let's get back to one of the most popular World War II acts there was.
spinning my dad's vinyl. This time being backed up by Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians with Jolly Fella Tarantella, the Organ Grinders song. It was written by Dick Manning and recorded on July 19th, 1949. And before that, we heard Stars Are the Windows of Heaven from the Sisters and Guy, written by Tom Maley and Jimmy Steiger. It was also recorded on July 19th, 1949. The Andrews Sisters were an American close-harmony singing group of the swing and boogie-woogie eras. The group consisted consisted of three sisters, Contralto Laverne Sophia Andrews, who was born July 6, 1911, and died May 8, 1967, soprano Maxine Angeline Andrews, January 3, 1916 to October 21, 1995, and mezzo-soprano Patricia Marie Andrews, February 16, 1918 to January 30, 2013. The sisters have sold an estimated 80 million records. 
Their 1941 hit Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy can be considered an early example of jump blues. Other songs closely associated with the Andrews sisters include their first major hit, By Mir Bis Duchon, meaning That You're Grand, in 1937. Beer Barrel Poco Roll Out the Barrel in 39. Beat Me Daddy Ate to the Bar in 40. Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree with Anybody Else But Me in 1942. And Rum and Coca-Cola in 1945, which helped introduce American audiences to Calypso. The Andrews sisters' harmonies and songs are still influential today and have been copied and recorded by entertainers such as Patti Page, Bette Midler, Christina Aguilera, Pentatonix, and others. The group was among the inaugural inductees to the Vocal Group Hall of Fame upon its opening in 1998. Now, I'm not ignoring Guy Lombardo, who was born June 19, 1902, and died November 5, 1977, at the age of 75. He's more well-known than some of the others on this show. Plus, not only have we featured him before on Spinning My Dad's Vinyl, but he's got another New Year's Eve show coming up relatively soon. And there you have selections from one of the early recording labels on this 78 RPM Sunday. So thanks for tuning into Volume 148, Eight Sides from Decca, However You Did. If you want more information about this show, head over to SpinningMyDadsVinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 149, Classics for Kids. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. (laughs) 